a cautionary tale, uh, perhaps for those out there wanting to start a brewery, thinking I'll do a bolter and I'll just uh, build up a brand and in three years, uh, you know, sell it for eleven to eight billion dollars. Um, well, was it eleven to eight billion dollars, Pete? I don't know. Look, you know, I've heard so many different figures, um, and none of Matt, them. I, I believe it was one billion dollars. <laughs> With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt have been bringing you the world's best local and imported malts. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud supporters of this. And this is Good Brews Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. And joining me as he often does, well, in fact, as he always does, it's Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. And I'll um, just start this off by saying, do I need to speak a little slower for you or make some allowances? Because have you been out for a long lunch? Oh, no, I've been out for a long lunch, but didn't have a... Oh, sorry, I had one beer. Um, oh. and, and, and it was a pot. It was a very, very small beer. So, uh, no, it was, ironically, um, we are recording this even later than we were planning on, Pete, because ironically, I just, Jamie Cook was in town, caught up with him for a, for a bite. and uh, Don't tell me he blatantly disregarded his very own cook limit. <laughs> well, no, it, 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 given, as it applies to lunch. Given he was the uh, <laughs> author of the cook limit or the uh, sort of inventor of the cook limit, um, it, was, it was ironic that it was a very, very long, long lunch isn't the way to describe it because it wasn't a long lunch in that. In that sense, it was just a you know great chat. Um, anyone that's listened to any of our chats over the years with Jamie on on Mike, it was just talking about you know uh, a lot of the things. And hello to Jamie, who will no doubt, no doubt be listening to this because a lot of the things we talked about were things that we've uh, discussed on the podcast recently. So yes, but no, you don't need to speak slower. I'm one hundred percent. I could use a coffee though, Pete. Yeah, I had a coffee while I was waiting for you, actually. So if I start speaking a little bit quicker, it's because uh, yeah, four thirty in the afternoon, and oh, it's actually five o'clock now. Because we had a little bit of a delay. Bit of news to get through, Matt. Absolutely. Not a lot. Not a lot, not a lot happening. Um, I guess we always say that after such a big news week like we had last week when uh, the news that Bolter had sold uh, dropped. But um, everything else kind of, you kind of go, oh, well, it's a bit of a flat week this week. But there's, there's still stuff happening. Only so As- many breweries to be bought, Pete. <laughs> yeah, so it can't, it, can't be a, uh, it can't be that every week, I guess. No, that's right. Well, perhaps we should kick off um, the roundup of the news of the week for those who may have missed it uh, with a brewery that rather than being bought is up for sale. Uh, The owners of Malt Shed, the artist formerly known as Malt Shed Brewery um, in Wangaratta, that's a a brewery and uh, venue, they're putting the business up for sale. Uh, Andrew Grant and Matthew, who are the directors of of Malt Shed, are inviting expressions of interest for the business and the brand. they said that the demands of running a brewery along with their full-time jobs, um, so one's a vet surgery owner, one's a geoscientist and a commercial kitchen equipment supplier, um, and they've all got young families and it's all just proved to be a little bit too much. Have, have you – I doubt that you would have been – I haven't been no, I, I haven't been down there, but I, I, look, this was a story that we ran – You know, ordinarily when someone's trying to sell something – you, you know, it's a commercial, like where you'd run it as a, we as put a classified it in the, in the or whatever. Ads, yep. But this yep. was this was something, it was, it was a nice one because the guys were very open uh, 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 about the background to it. You know, they've received ARBA medals. They've uh, picked up, you know, even including gold at the, the Indies, successful brand, um, seemed to be doing quite nicely. But, you know, this is a story that for any of our, you know, prosumer Listeners, you know the people that are harbouring visions to open a brewery and think, well, look, you know, I, I, I can't afford to, you know, go 
open, um, you know, I don't have the money to sort of build it and open it. I'll sort of keep it ticking along while I keep my day job, as a lot of breweries um, in, in the country are. This is a you know one of those lessons that it's hard graft, and you know they've been open for two or three years, and you know it, it they have got a good business. Um, you know it seems to be going quite nicely, but they just haven't grown at the pace where they can give up their day jobs and make an income out of it. And the, you know, effort of doing both is, does tax the, uh, you know, passion bank after a while. Yeah. And look, it's a, it's a great venue. I've I've been there once. Um, Food was spot on, really great venue. Um, It's, I guess it's in the right spot. It's, It's sort of, it's heading into town if you're coming sort of up from, Melbourne, um, but the brewery side of things, they um, they did go down the contract route of getting some of their uh, lines because when they first started, they had just a, a fairly small pilot brewery um, system. Uh, but the demand for yep, like your beer, we want to have some takeaways, meant that they they had to look at some other options for um, for getting their beer out into the market, and it's that whole thing of you know, and we've seen it a hundred times, Matt, that you know taking that next step is not just another inner continuation of steps you've already taken. Sometimes it's actually a, a far bigger leap, um, both in your time commitment, like you say, that the passion meter has got to go over a, a few more clicks um, and the, the cost, you know, it's, it's, it's not just a, well, let's just make some more beer and make some more money. It's no, we've got to put a, a fair bit of cash in to, in order to get that cash back and you know, just to keep your, your current accounts, satisfied it's it's a capital intensive low margin business and you know it's it's one of the dirty secrets you know i think prof you and i've said before that you know oddly some of the really nice feedback that we've got from our listeners when we've uh, turned up at events is the guys that say or the guys and girls who say um Thanks, you know, I listened to the podcast and you actually talked me out. You, you know, you talked me out of opening a brewery, which I, I hear as you saved me from making, you know, a potentially, um, you know, expensive mistake because I love beer. I love the brewing industry. I love the community around beer. Um, I love making beer, but maybe I don't want to make that, you know, the yoke, um, you know, around my neck. Yeah, and don't forget too, Matt, that ten years ago when we sort of started first started banging this particular drum, um, there were probably only 150 breweries for which you would become a competitor, um, or a you know a collaborator or, or a, a colleague. Now with 600 odd, it's it's also you can be making the best beer in the world, but it can without the right marketing, without the you know capturing lightning in a bottle and, and just having all the planets align, you can be just another brand that gets lost in the white noise, you know, um, not even you know not even make it to the shelves of, of Uncle Dan's or or First Choice. And and do you even want to make it to the shelves of Uncle Dan's? You know, with, with the the slow payment terms, and you know that, that's one of the interesting things that when you sort of talk to people in the industry, you know, they, they, they point out, you know, if you're selling your beer into Dan's, um, you're carrying, you're essentially their banker for 90 days um, till they pay you. So, And like you said, Matt, um, it's, a, it's a, a low margin, high volume caper. So it's not even like, oh, that's, you know, that's good. I'm, I'm making more sales, but you're still only making a small margin on each of those sales. So Yeah. And just to your point, Pete, you know, when, uh, you know, a lot of people started their plans to make a brewery um, or, or build a brewery, you know, there may have been 150, 200, 250 
Um, and, and I remember speaking to people three and four years ago talking about the numbers of breweries and they say, well, um, you know, 200 isn't too many, but they forget. You know, and, and people now, when we've got like five, 550 breweries, they still say, well, 550 breweries is sustainable. But if you're the 551st and the 551st is sustainable, what about the 150 guy people who are also planning on opening a brewery so you will end up being the um you know whilst you were the 560 Six, succession you are going to be one of 750 um at some point down the track and that's when the question is is my idea which is good now is is that idea still going to be as good when there are younger fresher um you know competition um you know potentially even down the street from me yeah, and, and look, far from uh, convincing everyone else who's out there listening, perhaps thinking of uh, or perhaps buying malt shed or um, opening their own brewery, uh, it's not all that glum because we're still only, you know, 5% of the market. So the key now is, yeah, we, can, we, we should be able to brew more beer and we should be getting better at brewing beer and become more efficient at brewing beer and be able to get our beer to market uh, more affordably. But we've still got to we've still got to get that ninety five percent who's either not drinking beer at all or who's you know or drinks occasionally but just drinks whatever you know is cheapest um, at the supermarket um, to to try craft. Yeah, and and look, Pete, that's the thing. You know, I don't get any pleasure in t- talking people who want to make a career in beer out of it. That's not the the, the point I was making. It's just I think. There is so much positivity about the industry and, you know, so much writing that is on the supportive end of the industry talking about, you know, a a lot of the articles that are written on sites and blogs and things like that are, you know, this is X um, brewer, you know, they, they have this brewery, they're making the beer, it's been a passion, and that's in the first six, 12 months of them opening. And you see a lot of people who, you know, 6, 12, 18 months later, there's tiredness in the eyes um, and a sense of realisation that they weren't fully aware. And when we talk about these things, it's not to dissuade anybody from opening a brewery because I still think there is room for breweries with the right model. Um, But don't go into it with your eyes shut. Um, you need to have a good idea. You need to be willing to execute it. Um, and, you, you know, it, it's got to be the right idea in the right place at the right time and you can still succeed. And, you know, malt shovel might be the perfect for somebody who wants to go in and run it as their own venture. A lot of that hard work has been done. Should just probably clarify malt shed, Matt. Oh, ben. malt I shed. Think, no, I'm malt pretty shovels. sure malt shovel is not for sale. <laughs> no, well, I don't know. Mitchell Although, the well, Bay. Mitchell the Bay. Lion, might, <laughs> Lion might be looking to free up a little bit of capital. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, in light of um, the fact that, yeah, a cautionary tale, uh, perhaps for those out there wanting to start a brewery, thinking I'll do a bolter and I'll just uh, build up a brand and in three years, uh, you know, sell it for $11.8 cabillion. Um, well, was it $11.8 cabillion, Pete? I don't know. Look, you know, I've heard so many different figures um, and none of Matt, them. I, I believe it was $1 billion. <laughs> no, what? Did it's we, getting bigger every week. We did Everyone really speak to just adds a zero. Yeah, we, we didn't talk to um, Ballast Point Sale last week, where they were bought by an Australian. Um, uh, you know, sold for a billion dollars. Things in convicts. Yeah. yeah. 
And I, I, I'm still trying to get well, in touch. It's all, it, it, Constellation Brands paid a billion for it. A billion US too. US. So, you know, that's about 30 billion Australian. So step on the pump, give that about three puffs um, yeah. to equate it to Australian dollars, folks. Um, I'm guessing fire sale. Like, there's no way he sold it for $2 billion. No, I, I, I've actually, well, see, there, there's a lot of speculation. It wasn't a fix and flip, was it? Uh, no, it's... It, it, <laughs> I take it, we'll give it a lick of paint, we'll put in an extra dunny, and we'll sell it for heaps more. No, no, I, I think it's a little bit, you know, I'm buying this sports car, I'm going to thrash the guts out of it, and then sort of see, uh, you know, as, as it comes back in well, with, that was with fun. three wheels, yeah, yeah what, what can I get for it? Just um, put some tyre black and uh, just yeah, sweep away that smoke. Just, yeah. <laughs> It's still good. So actually, yeah. So very keen that there's been a lot of contact, a lot of stories out of the US about that. But I'd love to speak to the uh, to the Australian to find out a little bit more about. And his name's Waters or Waters, I think. So yeah, Waters, love, yeah. Love to find out a little bit more and uh, have have a chat with uh, how you know an Australian ended up in the US, going from hotels into owning. You know, it, it's a it, it's a coup of the century, but that's not but in our well, story it's still list. Too, it's still a pretty like it, it was one of those ones that I think if you if you look at the uh, the Facebook fanboy pages, there's still a lot of love. Like I think a lot of people said, you know what, the beer is just too good for me to make that ideological decision to not buy them anymore because they're not independent. They seem to garner or, or maintain a lot more of their support than some of the other brands did. Yeah, and, and when they bought it, um, we talked a little bit about this, I think, last week. I think when Constellation bought it, they that, that purchase came through when craft beer was growing and it looked like Ballast Point would keep going. They obviously, Constellation are a brand-building business and they sell brands, whereas craft is much more about community. And you can't just take a brand, put up billboards in a broader area and have that growth continue no you can't um, strip off everything that has sort of made it community and, and think that community will still hang on and and that it'll keep going so yes yeah, so which is a salutary lesson and you know that's also it's going to be really interesting to see uh you know how the bolters um and some of those businesses you know the, the businesses that have sold um because those deals are typically structured as a you know five-year buyout i think um when i was reading the Camden Town sales figures, you know, you've, you've got a price that's agreed, but then, you know, at three and five years, it's you get a second payout. And if the growth continues... If you've, can, yeah, if you've hit certain markers, yeah. Yeah, if you've hurt, you, you can sort of, you can get multiples or, you know, bump ups uh, along the way. Um, and that's where it's, it, it's quite interesting because you, you think of, you know, assuming uh, Pirate Life, uh, which sold, what, Two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago now, yeah. Just, yeah, yep. Yeah, so, six months before the Gab Sodus 100 of that year. Yeah, so, so they were sold uh, to AB InBev um, when AB InBev uh, was, you know, sort of running it. They would have had that sort of five year um, sort of out deal. Um, and then suddenly Asahi and AB InBev, you know, have done the deal to buy CUB and you, you've, you've got the same business now selling you know so four pines pirate life mountain goat uh green beacon bolter you know if if you're pirate life and you've sold thinking well look you know we're growing at 25 percent and you know gee imagine how quickly we'll grow if we've got the might of cub behind us um and and we're the only brewery in the cub stable that has ipas that that has this beer and then suddenly oops fuck (laughs) 
we can we're now competing against Bolter for our cash out, um, you know, for, for for our buyout number. Um, you know, how does that work? And anyway, but you know, I'm sure all will be re- re- revealed. Um, it will. And our next story, Matt. Uh, interesting that you. Uh said it's a done deal. Is it a done deal? The ACCC raises competition concerns over the Asahi CUB deal. The ACCC has preliminary uh, competition concerns about Asahi Group Holdings Limited, known as Asahi, their proposed acquisition of CUB. The ACCC has formed a preliminary view that the proposed acquisition will reduce competition in the market for cider and may also reduce the competition in the market, in the beer market. Yes. The So the quote from... Um, ACCC Chair Rod Sims, who's appeared on this program before, the proposed acquisition would combine the two largest suppliers of cider in a highly concentrated market. A combined Asahi CUB would control the Summersby, Strongbow, Mercury and Bulmers cider brands, which account for about two-thirds of cider sales. We're concerned that the proposed acquisition may lead to higher cider prices. And although there was also a little bit, and I've been out and about all day, so I haven't really caught up on this, um, but... Beer was mentioned as well, you know, the, the competitiveness of the beer market and that Asahi is currently a competitor to, to CUB, um, which is quite interesting because when you go back to when Lion was trying to buy Coopers, um, Coopers had 5% of the market back then. Um, Asahi only has about 2% of the beer market, but the ACCC, and maybe it's the magnification or the added element of the cider, but the ACCC seems to think that the loss of Asahi as a competitor to CUB might lead to beer prices going up, whereas they were able to, to distinguish between Coopers. Um, and maybe that was at a time mm. when Coopers was selling ales and CUB was selling you know, primarily a lager business and they didn't see there was any, that they didn't actually see that they were direct competitors. They were um, complementary rather than... Yeah, competitive. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, look, wait and see. So it, it, it's interesting. I was look. I'll be honest. I was expecting them to just sort of give the green light, maybe have some comments about divesting cider brands. But there's a whole uh, another layer of inquiry that's going to go in. Um, I think being decided in February. Or, you know, closing in February. The one thing about that, though, Prof, is like I, the A Triple C. It's one of those things that it's really, really hard to define you know, what something means and what something will affect. And when we spoke to, I think when we spoke to um, uh, Rod Sims on the podcast, or maybe it was his uh, predecessor, um, they don't really look at computer be- at consumer benefit outside of what consumers pay. Um, and so they look at if beer prices go down, then that's a good thing for the, because they're, they're consumer you know consumer focus they don't really look at competition so they don't see having a vibrant industry of 30 players as being consumer benefit the way they see cheaper beer prices and i look i think that that's very very short-sighted and very very um narrow-minded because consumer benefit is having a range of choice and um you know a lack of concentration in the market um but yeah, they don't really consider that. So um, it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. Yeah, which leads nicely into uh, the story that uh, we covered this week on Australian Brews News, that beer volume declined to hit big brewers, say analysts. Volumetric consumption of beer in Australia is set to decline over the next four years, hitting mainstream beer, but the value of sales will increase, according to analysts at Fitch Solutions. Fitch, which recently released its quarter four report on the Australian food and drink market, found rising health awareness and higher taxes was going to have a significant impact on the beer market. 
We see a lot of data coming out, IRI. We, you know, there's a whole lot of analysts. This was interesting that it came from Fitch. Um, everyone's numbers are a little bit different. Everyone's arguments are a little bit different. So, yeah, look, go read the article. This is one that we just throw into the hopper to add to the, 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 the body of weight. So um, it, it was interesting that Fitch had come out talking about their food and drink. Go read it. It's, a, yeah. you know, it's interesting to add to the mix of other things that you consider. Um, yeah, and interesting because they're they're looking at um, I guess forecasts for the 2019 to 2023 period um, where they expect spirits will post the strongest growth in consumption and um, beer less and yeah whatever it might be. The report said beer consumption will decline from an estimated 74.9 liters per capita in 2018 to 69.1 liters in 2023. To me, what this look you know. If, if I was going to take a takeaway, if I had a brewery, if I had skin in the game, um, as people like to tell me, um, you know, the business that I would be trying to build looking at these figures isn't one where I'm trying to compete on price to get my beer on the rotating tap at a couple of you know, marginal venues. Um, I would be looking at building a really, really strong brand that's got a community built around it that sells the vast majority in my own uh, venue at the price that I'm able to justify through the experience I provide to consumers um, and hope because that seems to be what's driving um, you know, successful consumer spends. The guys who are chasing distribution growth um, and you know, factoring that in um, I, I think they're the ones that are going to have a little bit of problems. So drinkers are increasingly looking for an experience rather than just a, a beer. Lock in value into the beer that you're selling. Um, is is you know, try and increase the value. It, it was interesting. I saw a, um, a tweet from Topher Balm. Yeah, how, how do you pronounce it? I always say Bain. Bain like Balm because I always call it. I know it's not Bone, but I've been bame. saying Balm. Bain. Yeah. I, I knew you had it right because that's your. But it's B O E H M. Yeah. Okay. But, but that's your superpower, is remembering these things. <laughs> Very um, mild superpower. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and he sort of posted to saying, you know, why is it that, you know, wine just has such value locked into it? Um, and, you know, beer doesn't. And look, you, you could write a PhD thesis, you know, talking about the 10,000-year evolution of beer and how wine is only made once a year and all of these sorts of things. But where you draw direct, can draw direct, um, contrast between the two is wine puts all of its focus in terms of presenting itself at the highest elements of what it is. I think the, the, the greatest volume of wine sold is cask wine um, and, and cheap wine, and yet all of the conversation is around the most expensive wine. 750 mil bottle with a you know, Talking about nice label. Yeah, all of that. The picture yeah. of the sweeping chateau and... All of that. The Whereas rolling beer, fields, yep. Um, you know, all of the conversation is around, you know, even the way that, you know, people talk about it, you know, they, they sort of talk about it being booze and like all, all of these things that are meant to be ironic, but are devaluing it. You know, we sort of talk about getting smashed, you know, drinking, you know, having a session, drinking a lot of it. All of those ideas suck value out of the category. Um, now, not, you know, again, this isn't a fun place. This is just looking at the way you lock value into, into your product. Um and, you know, I think that the figures that we're talking about from Fitch, try and lock as much value into your 
business and your brand and your category as you can and that's where your focus should be um, you know, unless you want to be a big major national player and you have to play a different game but you know, yeah. the 550 odd breweries they're the ones I'd be looking at I can, I can provide an experience I can provide value that's the game that I should be doing because that's where the growth and that's where the value will be coming and that's where Spirits is doing so much of that at the moment Spirits is providing a level of sophistication uh, and an experience and a story that craft brewers are moving away from. Craft beer is playing a game of, um, you know, infant making beer seem more infantile rather than more mature and more sophisticated. Yeah, and look, maybe as we've often sort of mused, uh, is, is it just that you know wine has just always had a better marketing department? Who knows? Um, oh, well, wine's got the seasons. Like that, that's and it goes back to you know we've been drinking wine since we were monkeys, but you can only make it once a year. Um, one of the reasons that beer created civilization is because once you can store grain you can make it 365 days of the year and once you can do that there's that loss of romance or loss of mysticism that comes from only having fruit that ripens once a year and you know you can go right back to that stage but yeah, avail- availability rather than or oh, something special to look forward to it's like it used to be cherries at christmas but it's yeah, also, you know, yeah, I'll get them all year round. It's not the same. It's it's not special having a cherry at Christmas, exactly. And that's yeah, there is a little bit of that. But then you can still go and listen to uh, the, the the Phil Sexton podcast that I did at the start of uh, the uh, start of October when the takeover. Or um, Luke Robertson had a great podcast uh, on good beer hunting uh, that was a digging a little bit deeper into some this, of those this topics week. this week. Yeah. And Phil talks about you know he was apologetic for using the term. Um, beer is an idiot's drink or you know there, there was something around those lines but I remember reading an article f- about Phil Sexton in 1984 where he talked about the same themes um, you know beer has been something that was a you know you drink in great volumes to get shit faced um, you know all of these things that when you talk about it in those terms when you use it in those terms when you pander to that audience you devalue your product. And, you know, as a guy who has built a lot of value into brands that he's touched, I'm not giving Matt Kierkegaard's wisdom. I'm sort of giving, you know, the wisdom that I've heard from people like that. Lock the value in your brand. And that Fitch data shows that that's a trend that you can capitalise on. Yes. Uh Speaking of brands um, or rebranding, as it happens, uh, the IBA is to showcase independence, uh, giving the Good Beer Week Gala Showcase a rebrand with new entry requirements and a focus on independence. Uh, As we recall, the IBA merged with Good Beer Week late last year, giving the IBA greater, I guess, consumer presence in in one of Australia's biggest craft beer markets. Uh, The Melbourne Showcase event to be held March 20th and 21st will now be known as the Indie Beer Showcase with new eligibility requirements, which include breweries must meet the IBA independence definition, uh, selling less than 40 million litres a year, can't be more than 20% owned by a brewery that sells 40 million litres of beer a year and is not um, do, do not own more than 20% of another brewery that sells more than 40 million litres a year. I, I, I caught that last bit of the definition and I sort of that's, that, that's a new one where you can sort of, cannot be more than 20% owned by a brewery, but then you can't own more than 20% of another brewery that sells... 
which just I, 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 we'll have to dig a little bit more into that one because you know that's kind of like a minnow buying a whale, isn't it? Yeah, well, maybe that's to to keep uh, convicts and kings out of the market <laughs> <laughs> because they only make thirty. Maybe this is the convicts and or kings. brew brew. Well, you never know, Matt. Brew. Just I tell you what, it's got to turn around soon. Perhaps all of a sudden, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, just just keep digging. Yeah. <laughs> Dig up, stupid. You'll come um, out the other side. Seems to be the philosophy. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting that um, the Good Beer Week Gala Showcase, which uh, is a really interesting opportunity for brewers to it, it, it's, look. I guess it's a it's a mini beer festival. Um, now it, it's returned after a few years away. It's returned to the atrium at. Um, uh, Fed Square, so it's a, a great location, particularly because it can grab the attention of not just uh, beer fans who who will go and find it, but um, corporates coming out of the city on their way to the station, or um, who sort of popping out. Oh, look, there's a beer festival on. Not that look, I'm lucky enough to have been at the very first um, when it was back in the days when it was called the Victorian Microbrewery Showcase. Matt, oh, I remember and those old days. There were there were twelve twelve breweries. Well, breweries and 14 guests there until you're looking to kick a footy uh, up and down it. Now it's uh, both sessions sell out um, and sell out fairly quickly. So great news. Very exciting to see you know, waving the flag. No change to Good Beer Week itself, which is still going to be very, very inclusive. But yeah, it's, it's good to see the um, you know, independence getting a flag. Um, and I, I just saw on social media before we picked up the phone to, to speak that I think Places sold out in, you know, went in 20 minutes, which must have been, you know, as soon as they picked up one call, the next one came in. So uh, lots of demand. There you go. Yeah, look, and look, it's a, it's a, it's a terrific event. Um, it's been activated really well in the past by the Good Beer Week crew in terms of having some little, um, uh, what do you call it, the uh, silent disco headphone um so chats with the brewer or you know, meet the brewer or a chat about interesting um, topics that Luke Robertson um, hosts and a, a great opportunity for, for both brewers and, um, as we would say, uh, prosumers, but also those who are sort of discovering craft to meet and greet with, um, you know, try a little bit of this and try a bit of that and get to know the beer. It's, it's, a, it's a really good event. Exactly. All right. Mate, one, one that I just want to throw into the mix very, very, very last minute um, because I was out this morning. Um, there, there is a story up on the site, um, so Joe can throw this in the show notes. But the Redcliffe State High School um, this week or today launched a yeah, Certificate 3. Yeah. Um, and look, in its own way, it's a very, very small little story. It's a, you know, outer Brisbane suburb, or I think Redcliffe may even be a another city it might be i don't think it's a suburb of brisbane um i think it might be outside in, in its own shire redcliffe people let me know if i'm wrong um but yeah so redcliffe, they did used to get their own show day didn't they for the echo they did yeah i can't remember quite where the city limits are but anyway um that, that's neither here nor there um the Redcliffe State High School launched a Certificate 3 in microbrewing. Now, this to me was very exciting to be at, and I was really glad I was there because we've heard about the uh, Queensland Craft Beer Strategy and the TAFE is going to be doing stuff and there's going to be... All... This was a school um, looking at the market, looking at interesting trends that are happening and how they can prepare their students for the future and they weren't saying this is you know brewing um you know bearded hipsters i want to sort of because they, these are kids that are in grade 11 presumably haven't if they have had beer they haven't had a lot of it 
This is a school saying beer is business, beer is science, beer is marketing, beer is hospitality, you know, and we want to equip them with those skills um, and, you know, potentially give them the skills to go on and have a career in this burgeoning craft beer industry. Um, Shannon Fentiman, who's the small business minister, got up and said, you know, we are going to need 20,000 Hospi- you know, trained hospitality people in the industry in the next two years. And it was like, there was so much about this that was very, very exciting because it was a school seeing an opportunity um, that brewing was seen as a viable thing to teach a whole range of other schools. None of this was about it, drinking alcohol. Um, they, they managed to navigate that whole thing of... Um, you know, neo-prohibitionists saying that you're marketing alcohol to school kids. They, the, the school community, the, um, you know, the, the, the local community, the, the, the government got on, you know, the, the government in isolation, not from the craft beer strategy, they got all, all got on board to negotiate this thing that where there was no established path just because the school saw it was potential. And I think, you know, even if it doesn't work um, longer term, um, it's really, really exciting that people are trying these sorts of things. But as it was, I think they had 35 applications from Year 11 students for the 22 places for the two-year um, traineeship, and good on them. So I just want to throw that in, and we'll put a link into it um, as one of the things that you know they really deserve the uh, praise for getting that off the ground. Exactly, and it's it's good to see. Uh, I guess you know beer being labelled in a in a positive way. Speaking of labels, Matt, last week I called 1300 852 235, not just to discover a more efficient way to get my small batch canning labels done by Rallings label stickers and packaging, but to invite the guys to come out to our Christmas drinks, which they duly did. We well, caught up with them. Yeah, good to have a beer with the, the, the guys from Rallings. And it was the day we they'd started listening to the podcast but hadn't quite got to the bit where we dropped them in it. And yes, um, if you've got your 25 word less or less um, definition or, you know, not definition sure. of um, independence, uh, fewer, sorry, yes, let's not, <laughs> let's not mention that again. 25 words or fewer um, uh, argument for why independence matters. They're going to print the labels. And I also got a message from Seven Mile Brewing. They're going to donate the beer because they're already uh, loyal customers of Relling's labels packaging Stick, uh, packaging and stickers so stickers and packaging um and uh that's rallings label stickers and packaging folks what's the number pete <laughs> it's 1300 852235 but that's how flexible they are so if we wanted to get three that's cool um, so an idea has actually become a beer so the the guys at seven mile are going to brew a beer for us we'll get them labeled with the what we deem to be the the winning jingle if you like or the tag with the winning tagline that you know, makes independence a compelling proposition. But what are we going to do with the beer? Does the beer go to whoever? Yeah, well, whoever wins, wins. they'll get a carton of their own beer. Of their own um, beer. And yeah. because railings are so flexible, we can even put their name on it. Um, so they'll have a beer can um, with their independence message and their name on it. Um, and then we can just send some beers out to, because uh, we're only doing two or three cartons. So uh, we'll uh, send some out to our loyal listeners um, as part of our swag pack. Sensational, and thanks very much to Matt and the um and the guys out at um at Seven Mile exactly. at uh, Col- no at, at 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 where is it, Matt? Oh, so, uh, um, oh, it's, it's Northern down the Rivers. Coast, yeah, no, no, it's just Northern, yeah, Northern Rivers, Rivers, New South Wales, so we can't even claim it. 
um, in, right. in Queensland until we take the uh, border south far enough that we get Stone and Wood as a Queensland brewery. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm trying. Yeah, it's Ballina. It's, it's Ballina. That happens. Ballina. That's the one. Ballina. So um, yes. So uh, very very cool. Excellent. Which brings us nicely and neatly into the mailbag. We're not going to read out the ones that we've already got in. So included in the mailbag, as Matt just said, the the 25 words or fewer give us your independence uh, call to action. Uh, but we're not going to read them out. We have had heaps come in, but we don't want to read them out and then have other people kind of use that as a springboard or a starting point to, you know, basically rip off the idea that you've worked so hard. It, to, it, it's very hard to have to start with, a, as, a, as, as a writer, you know that it's very hard to start with a blank sheet of paper. It's much easier to correct somebody else's work or build upon it. So, yes. So we don't want to give any... Uh, so the people who... We're getting emails that afternoon, Pete. So people listening to this as soon as this goes out, um, but yeah, we don't want to make it easier for the people who are a little bit later to the. To, yeah. To so the you've party. got it, Matt. You, we get, we're giving them another week. Another week. Yep. Now is next week our last? Next week is our last. So we will. Okay. Um, so it'll yes. all be. Yeah. But uh, but we mightn't have the beer until the new year, presumably. We won't have the beer till the new year, but you'll still get your swag pack that includes the Brewdog uh, Berlin T-shirt, um, a hat, um, and we'll find some other stuff. Actually, I've got a little um, wooden. Uh, six pack holder from Gage Roads this week that had some beer samples in. Um, that was that was quite nice. So yeah, we'll, we'll certainly find some uh, enough gear to make it worth your while to uh, come up with twenty five. So put words some decent effort into it, which fewer. people have done already. So keep them rolling in. Now, diving into the mailbag, uh, Steve Levian on the Facebook group. Uh, now this was in response to there was a story about the the beer volume decline, and uh, his two cents worth was along the lines of the beer category has been declining slowly for the for the last 25 years plus, premiumization to maintain margin has been the tactic for this for that same period of time. Firstly, the likes of Crown, then Hahn Premium with a driver, then mainstream craft, and now smaller brands from acquisitions, which is an interesting take on it, Matt. Uh, yeah, it is. And I, mean, I would argue that Hahn Premium was actually, because Hahn Premium, as, as we know, um, and I've got to give a teaser for the 13th of January when we do Han Premium. Oh, we're up, are we? If we've, yeah. got a, we've got a date, 13th of Jan. 13th of January, in, Save the date, which is folks, a Monday night. Um, is and that we'll, for Brisbane folks? It is for Brisbane folks, yes. We're hoping. I, I'd not realised, but the Charming Squire um, doesn't have a licence to sell off-site. So for us to do it in Sydney, we'd need to transfer it to the sister venue, which is the uh, Squire's Landing. And they're such a busy venue that we may not be able to do it there. But... Brisbane folks, um, 13th of January, we're going to be tasting the um, reboot um, or the approximation of the Han Premium um, with uh, Chuck Han and Bernie Powers talking about, you know, beer in the 80s and no doubt talking about some of this time. But uh, yeah, so um, I, look, again, it would be interesting to go back to that time, but Chuck Han saw that beer could be a little bit better um, and so Han Premium was a way to do that rather than the big brewers uh, making a premium beer. And Crown Lager was almost an accident where consumers started looking for something that was better um, during the yuppie-fueled uh, 80s, I believe. Yeah, yeah, they wanted um, a special occasion beer. They wanted oh, to show that they we, were... We haven't actually got one, but let's put the same stuff into a, a fancy-shaped bottle. Yeah, yeah, and, and that was when... What, what is the uh, genesis of the shape of the bottle, Matt? Um, look, I don't know, Pete, because the beer bottles used to be very... Oh, what's the shape of the bottle? 
It's an inverted Pilsner glass, a traditional oh, the, Pilsner the, glass. Oh, you're talking about the Crown Lager glass? Yeah, the shape of the Crown Lager. Right. If you tip it upside down and then put a, a, a base on it, it's supposed inverted to look like a, yeah. an inverted Pilsner glass. What was once a Pilsner glass, of course. Yes. That, that changes. But uh, yeah, and uh, but it was almost consumers wanting, you know, in, in the yuppie-fueled... Uh, you know, I want to pay more for the same thing, but, and, but get something that looks slightly different. I want everyone to know that, you know... Can I, we I, fix you up? That I drive <laughs> a expensive foreign car and things like that. Actually, that was... Dollar that, down, dollar a day for the rest of your life. That Never was interesting. It, no, no. And then didn't, didn't they uh, come that out with the arse well out of their jeans of in 1992? <laughs> um, exactly. But that, that was where it was very interesting listening to Phil again on Luke's podcast, but also um, on our podcast uh, earlier, um, that they imported Stella Artois, but even before CUB did, and brought Corona in um, as part of, I can't remember what it was, it, it wasn't, uh, Brew Corp, I think it was called. Um, they brought those beers in, and that was how they came to have a partnership with CUB. Hmm. And that's ironic that CUB was bought by the owners of Stella. There we go. But yes, so, so Steve, uh, Steve Levian, uh, interesting point. Yep. Uh, Phil Sharp, also in the Facebook group. G'day to Phil. Um, and a shout out to brewers who might be thinking about, um, I think, uh, plenty of expressed interest, but get your entries in for next year's Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show Beer Awards coming up in March. Yes. Um, Phil said, with the Gabs Hottest 100 voting starting, and the number one beer for the last few years now not being independent, what impact will that have on their rankings for 2020? Will Bolter XPA remain number one, or will the hashtag sellout effect drop it down the list, or will the hashtag Bolter effect keep it up the top? Time will tell. And then Phil throws in, or will the Radio Brews News, uh, sorry, hashtag Radio <laughs> Brews News effect mean Hemingway's gets the gong? Uh, uh, to which somebody did reply, oh, I don't know that Hemingway's has enough, um, you know, uh, distribution to get it, but that, that of course was. But it's hype. It's it's it's. Phil's reach. also Phil yeah. Phil suggesting that you know we're we're some sort of um, Midas touch where uh, where wherever we go, and that's what we've got to be. Yeah, like it, it's hard to be because um, we don't want to be seen to be trying to influence the vote by talking about the fact that we're going up to Hemingways um, to you know try and influence people, but. That was something that we didn't cover in the news. Obviously, Gab's Hottest 100 is open. And, Pete, haven't the floodgates opened with, um, you know, vote one, you know, lobbying? It, 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 it's worse than... It, it's, yeah, it's fair to say our news feeds uh, on the social medias have been fairly pummeled <laughs> with the, the vast amount of um, uh, traffic by breweries. Uh, but not just saying it, vote... They're saying, no, you know, yeah. vote for, we, we've made all of these great beers, but then they'll have a photo of the beer that they think is their, their best choice, you know, which is the subtle. Well, some some have gone as so far as to say as vote for this beer or, or vote one, yep, this vote. particular beer. And well, last week before the voting even opened, uh, you know, on the, I think it was the day that Bolter announced, you know, Stone and Wood was talking about, you know, vote for independence in the hottest 100, you know, the original um, so, so they were doubling down on, on, on the campaign, which was, you know, it, it just shows how hotly contested and how valuable a good result is in the, you know, how influential um, the Hottest 100 is. All yeah. businesses see it. Exactly. Actually, just as a side on that, and uh, I, I'm sure there's a story behind it, but the one brewery that I've seen, um, of all of the breweries that I've seen that they've been saying vote, um, 
to, to various degrees, you know, some of them have sort of said, uh, you know, we, we've got a whole range of amazing beers, you know, vote for any of them, but particularly this one or whatever. The only brewery that I've seen that has been really, hey, this, a lot of breweries have been making some amazing beers this year, go vote for any of them, or even ours, was Bolter. Um, so they, they were the ones that didn't actually put XPA, they didn't, you know, photo, they were just sort of saying, get out and vote, which um, I guess on one hand, they're either sort of being very, very even-handed, and last year they didn't campaign very strongly from memory, but I guess it's also, they're on a hiding to nothing this year. You know, if they go out and campaign exactly. strongly and then fall. And look, I think too, Matt, that Bolter is one of those breweries, uh, along with the, the, there are a couple of others, whose fan base is particularly um, well activated and, and incentivized to um, to promote that the um, you know so they're the one who are retweeting or sharing the post that the that Gab's vote, uh, hottest one hundred voting has opened. So I wonder whether that does add a little bit of interest and, and there's a bit of value in that. Yeah, because at the end of the day, the brewery can say whatever they want, but it's got to be, their punters have got to react to that. That's the thing, you know. So if your brand is too mainstream, and this is where that metric that I come up with is that you can have reach, but if you reach too far out of the, you know, out of the craft beer mindset, then you're a beer drinker who's not really likely, as likely to be incentivized or motivated to vote for some NAF beer poll. Um, but if you're deeply involved in craft beer and you really care about these things, you're much more likely to to vote. So, you know, a, a brewery with a big distribution need to reach a lot more of their audience to try and get a smaller percentage of them to to devote i would imagine yeah who, who knows and interestingly we did get our last letter that we're going to read out from this week and then we've got a couple if we've got time that we held over we didn't get a chance last week but this one from ben stab um which was emailed to us just wanted to throw my two cents into the conversation about the Bolter sale and the meaning of independence. A quick look at the comments of any Bolter post will show multiple people voicing their disappointment, but it will be an interesting question to see what they are basing that on. Listening to the podcast with you guys from Bolter, I found it very interesting and impressive the weight that was put on employee security and the burden placed on the original investors when making the decision to sell to a larger company. Working in manufacturing and having been made redundant twice due to contracting, contracting markets and poor business decisions, this was a very encouraging conversation that have genuine commitment to their employees and their families. There's every chance that once the contract period is over, Bolter may end up losing some staff. However, there was absolutely no guarantee that without the sale, all their employees would have stayed in their jobs. Good point. Uh, this is also reflected in the commitment shown to the initial investors to return their money and some return on the initial investment. Understanding that there's a five-year lock-in of the current board and employees, I'll gladly continue to support Bolter and would only reevaluate it once that time is up. Um, with an independent brewery, the main selling point is that profits do not end up offshore in large multinational companies. There's uh, little argument to disagree with that. However, it gives no insight in the company's other values or what happens to their profits and why we should be supporting them over others, something that could definitely be leveraged with the independence seal. If it is displayed that companies have signed on a, to a core set of values, such as placing importance on things such as sustainability, community, and the duty to their employees, then this would give a point of difference over both large breweries and smaller breweries without a clear value set. There's a large number of breweries such as Stone & Wood, Bright Brewery, Van Diemen that reflect some of these values heavily. Perhaps a simple mission statement such as independence. Oh, I better not read this out. because Oh, no, yeah, 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 don't, don't, no, you'll give too much away. But that's a really good little 25 word. yeah. 
As someone who lives within the craft beer bubble, I'm reasonably informed and I support businesses that I choose to. However, it is clear that for people without the interest, there's currently a cloud over who to support and why they should over anyone else. Hopefully, this is something that is cleared up. Thanks, Ben. I, it was a little bit long, but I, I thought it was well worth very reading, well thought yeah. out and well worth reading uh, all of, except the bit that could be uh, entered into the competition. I think I think we'll just put that that little sentence, Matt, in on on his behalf. On his, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yep, yep, I agree. And and, and see, Pete, that's where it's interesting that I I find the businesses that actually there are businesses that try and present a certain set of values, you know which is called marketing and then there are businesses that live that set of values and i just sort of find that there is a resonance that comes through that you just sort of pick it up from the businesses that actually live those values rather than talking about them that does resonate with people you know you still need to market them in some way but those businesses just have a sense that you know and, and i guess the example i would give is that when we were in portland um we went into 10 10 barrel which is an ab InBev. Um, brewery the aesthetics were exactly the same as a lot of the other breweries we went to but there was just something soulless about it um it was yeah it was and it was palpable like it was it just felt different hmm. Hmm. uh tim wills uh on the australian brews news page read the bolter sale this is a carryover from last week tim sent this in um which is an interesting one two sentence summary uh, this was the plan from the beginning, so no one should be surprised. It was just a matter of to, of when and to who. So that, I guess that sort of yeah, sums up how a lot of people did feel. Yeah, and look, there's going to be a lot of opinions. It's it's a hard business, and you know I don't begr- again I don't begrudge anybody the decision to do it. Um, I, I do very much worry for what it means for the rest of the industry. Um, again, because there's another big player gone, it, I think it hurts. Well, there's pe- another tap that's unavailable to an independent Well, but, it, is it, but that's the thing. Is it another tap? Well, it can tap be because you can say, well, well if the, the, the publican who has, who you know, you know what, it's just so much easier now. I don't actually have to have a contract, but I can get one delivery, one order, yep. one invoice, one sales rep, but I can get you know, 10 different breweries beers. Why would I then go out and hassle with you know one off the bat um, to a, to an independent? Yeah, that, that that's our concern. Um, interesting that you know if you think independence doesn't matter, it certainly does to our readers and contributors. Nigel Ailing on the Facebook group um, re-independence. So I decided I'd grab a beer that I could drink out of a can and head to the hammock for a TGIF beer. This one sounded like it would fit the bill, being uh, quote your everyday beer. Well, where do I start? Feral set the bar back in 2008 when it released Hop Hog and it dominated the top 100, the, hot, the Gab's Hottest 100, with three number ones in a row from 2012 to 2014. Pretty much everything that came out of the brewery was gold and they could do no wrong. In 2017, CCA bought them out and this was followed with the inevitable claim, again a quote, that nothing would change. Whilst they continue to put out some really great beers like Biggie Juice, War, Warhog and, and Tusk, etc., the, they've also dropped beers like Karma Citra, which is an awesome black IPA, apparently due to low sales. Now there is this. Which is a good feral... reason to, to drop a beer. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's face it. Black IPAs never really took off, did they? Let's let's face it. They were always treading water 
and, and not too well. Um, but Nigel goes on to say, feral draft. Let's start with the name draft. The very definition of draft means that it's on tap or keg. No doubt this beer is served on tap in places, but if I'm not mistaken, this vessel is a can, so it's a bit of a misnomer. Uh, then he goes on talking about the style um, in terms of their claim that it's an everyday beer. Um, well, congratulations. You've done it. 10 out of 10 if you want your beer to taste like VB. No doubt this stuff is being pumped out at stadiums, pubs and clubs all over Perth, being sold to the working class man. Uh, maybe Hop Hog didn't, um, didn't change. But Karma Citrus certainly did, and their race to lubricate the masses with an everyday beer did too. Uh, Nigel finishes up with the scoreboard of Big Business 1, Death of Independent Brewery 0. Well, so, yeah, look, well, very passionate. Yeah, and, so so give, give me your read on that, Pete, because I know yeah, you, look, you, you've got some you, – there, there is... I, I, haven't, I haven't tried Feral Draft, but it doesn't surprise me that that is a way that uh, CCA can get people over to this new thing called Feral – uh, Biggie Juice is not going to get them there. Um, Karma Citra would not have got them there. Watermelon Warhead would probably not have even got them there. But if there's something familiar and then they become enamoured with the, oh, this feral brand's not bad, even if they only buy feral draft. And look, I, I, I do get, and I, I, we can get into pedantics and, yes, draft, you know, does have a... But the thing is, it's draft anyway. It's entirely but, misleading but it, anybody it's, because it's it's it's... Being bad, served bad out of a Shepherd, can. Bad Shepherd has a beautifully crafted pilsner, which is called Reserve Road Draft. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's 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 selling to your market. It's 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 giving the people what they understand. So I kind of I kind of do get that. But anyway, um, Matt, I might just finish off with one because this was. Well, I, did I, you just before you move on, I just sort of wanted to say that you know Bolter. Now, admittedly, it was just a couple of months before this sale. Um, came out with a like a very light lager you know like it's 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 a nice lager but it's a very light lager um, well, you know, happy the lager which was the which is a limited that uh, special was, release but it, it outsold the pilsner 10 to 1 i think it outsold just about everything else at the brewery um and yeah. and that's the thing like their businesses and there are a lot of you know stone and wood has got a cracking um green coast lager green coast lager a munich hells but they would sell far less if they called it munich hells you know stone and wood munich hells oh yeah but but, but having a lager, lager, having an approachable beer, like you, you, you need um, a popular beer, and you know, I, I, I don't know that. I, I, I get the point that if a brewery that makes its name on big hop-heavy beers brings out a very, very light beer in the name of volume, that looks like they're fulfilling some sort of um, race to, to to the bottom. Um, the flip side is that you know. Not everyone wants to drink hop hog, and not everyone wants to drink, um, you know, big flavored beers. And if you if you've invested heavily in a business, if you've you know if you've invested in tanks that can make two million liters of beer a year, unless you can make two million liters of hop hog, um, you've got to find some way to fill those tanks. So look, it's yeah. Well, that's it. You can you can make as many million liters as you you know physically can. But selling it is yeah, that's the trick. Yep. Um, and I'll just finish with this one, Matt, because I, I, I got involved with this discussion and I thought it was a really interesting take again, um, uh, which was from Dave Croft, who, who's doing it, and I'm pretty sure it's his, hope to be, stand it to be corrected, but I hope I get this right, his 40th and doing like a around Australia tour. Um, he's finally made it to Darwin. Apologies for this repost uh, from another group, but I feel definitely worth giving you guys this information from my perspective. I'm up in Darwin at One Mile Brewing Company. Um, he gives a recap of the beers that made it um, 
at 41, 51 and 73 and 82, I think, in last year's Hottest 100. Um, it gives some, I won't go through them now, but the summary. Look, these guys copped a flogging from the rabid beer nerds after their emergence in the Hottest 100 last year. It was only fair I tried their beers and find out for myself. Yeah, they're dialed down on the body, um, you know, obviously for the for the temperature up there, but all of these are totally smashable in this climate. They've totally maintained the flavour profile within these beers when they dialed down the body, so they definitely know what they're doing. Not a bad beer in the four core beers they're making, in my honest opinion. And, um, yeah, that discussion was on – I, I – I, complimented dave on that because i thought it was good that um he put that into perspective uh, some of the other comments that he then added was that the the guys at the brewery were were quite surprised that they'd done as well in the thing in the in the, in the gab sodas 100 but it did show if you put it out there to your to your fan base and they have a genuine connection you know that community feel to your brand they will do the legwork and so you, you will then get a reward. That's the whole point of, of the Hottest 100 is, is not to recognise the most classically trained beers or the, you know, the ones with the, the best soprano voices or the ones that have got the best depth and have won awards for, for technical brilliance. It's all just about, you know what, I just like this beer. I like it enough to get off my ass, get onto my phone or my laptop and put in a vote you know, and, and wish them all, all the best luck. So I just thought I'd throw that one in because I thought that we did leave that one over from last week and I wanted to make sure we withdrew that in because I thought it was a really good summary. Absolutely. So now one more week. That, that's runnable. Oh, we've got to be aware that, you know, the, the weather's getting hotter. So does that mean we have to do, you know, like, Bruce News light over the summer and do... <laughs> we don't want people running in really hot weather and, you know... We'll, we'll do what the ABC do and have a summer edition where we get the B team um, in... in... <laughs> Yeah, oh, there are those who would argue that we're the B team, but anyway. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, now, don't forget too that uh, we will be sending out uh, a, beer, a bar blade, a Bruce News bar blade, to everyone who's has sent us in and that we've that we've read out. So please make sure that you've sent us. Uh, if you hear this, if you're listening to this, um, send us in a, a, a postal address so we can get that out to you. And we will choose one of those who, thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, will receive a mix six pack. Um, who from Beer Cartel, who sponsor our letter of the week and have done for quite some time, and we do thank them as we head into this. So this is the penultimate episode, isn't it? Uh, yeah, next week will be the last uh, last week. And yeah, then we'll be a bit of a break over Christmas, but you can always go back and revisit, particularly some of the beer as a conversations. There are yeah, a couple, actually, there are a couple I'm going to re, um, re, reprint, a couple of the early um, ones where we had news and then the, the discussion. Um, because, you know, for example, I was listening this week to a chat with Dave Benighton um, back in the days of the Craft Beer Industry Association and when they released their definition of craft that was, you remember, it, it was really sort of, it's Marbo, it's the constitution, it's the vibe of the thing. It was, you know, where art meets science and passion or, you know, it was a really, uh, I'm sorry, wishy-washy definition. Very, yeah, very, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and that was it just was a, four it was years a don't ago. scare the horses kind of um, well, you know, but it did not call, also call didn't say anything. But it didn't say anything, and it was like it was very compromised, and it didn't actually say it because you know it it was almost. But anyway, the, the the point of that was that that was only four years ago, and it's fascinating to go back and listen to some of those chats that we've had in the very recent past to see how much. The industry has changed and how sophisticated it is. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're so, going to re-release some of those. Over yeah, the I, I think also push some of those out over over the summer um, hiatus. Because we're only we're only away for what three weeks. Three weeks, yeah. So three weeks uh, altogether. 
And as somebody, because we, we didn't get a beer as a conversation up this week, my bad. Um, and somebody just said, that's okay, we've got plenty to listen to. So uh, we, we don't want to, um, you know. Bombard you. Bomb, well, but we also don't want people going elsewhere for their content because that's what led to uh, Luke Robertson starting his podcast in the first place. Remember, uh, we weren't we weren't regular enough. Love listening to us, but we yeah we, we kept disappearing. Yeah, but that was then. This is now. Exactly, and it's all thanks to our very good friends at Cryo Malt, Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging, and Beer Cartel, uh, as well as uh, Unleashed Software, who have been partners with us this year. Um, those guys do make it all possible for us. Um, they buy the bandwidth. They, um, you know, make sure that we've got bar blades and uh, enough stamps to send it out to you guys. Yeah, exactly. So um, we are very thankful to them. Uh, so Matt, on that note, I think it's time to um, put this thing back in the stable until next week. Um, Enjoy your week, whatever happens, because you're winding down. You got Claire's flying out tomorrow, so will you be out? You know, with the tissue at the airport. <laughs> Claire's actually flying. Claire's flying out Saturday. Um, she finishes up tomorrow for her holidays. Oh, right. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to be the uh, actually doing some work next week, uh, editing and things like that. But uh, no, tomorrow. Yeah, so uh, that'll be Saturday. So next week it'll be me back in the uh, actual doing the the, the real work chair, <laughs> ringing and hassling um, fair. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, enjoy your break, um, Claire, and uh, to Sam and to Kat and to Joe, uh, all of the crew at, at Bruce News. Um, enjoy your holidays, just in case we go. I don't want to, you know, in case we forget next week. Uh, but thanks for that, Matt. We'll see you all again next week. Pleasure, Pete. Thank you very much, and uh, yeah, thank you especially to our listeners. Um, yeah, look, it, Pete, I look at the comments that we get in. You know the discussion group, the emails that we get, and am just a really appreciative of the thoughtfulness of our listeners. And even actually, I will sort of say I got an email this week from one of the listeners. I've often talked about the red wine, white wine flavored dye story. Um, yep, yep. And I won't call the listener out because I haven't asked whether it was okay. But um, he sort of he had gone back and got the original research and corrected me on a few things because in the retelling of the story, the story gets uh, watered down a little bit. And I just, you know, it was just, it was very thoughtful and considerate. He didn't just sort of post it in the open group, um, you know, because he did, although I, I think we will post it because it's an interesting discussion. Um, but yeah, like I'm just very appreciative of our listeners um, who are very, very professional, very, very thoughtful and uh, so sort of make this uh, you know, a joy to do. So thank you. And I echo those sentiments. And on that note, We'll see you all again for the next episode of Good Brews Week. And we're out. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation.